My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one, Father. Just as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one, I in them and you in me. May they be brought to complete unity to let the world know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. From John chapter 17. Friends, welcome back to the Ransomed Heart podcast. John and Stacy Eldridge in the studio this week and We've been kind of opening up our journals and reflecting back on the summer and lessons that Jesus has been bringing to us. And this was a big one for Mm -hmm. me, this scripture right here. This is huge. It actually began in a funny place as we were talking about creating a little bit of breathing room this summer, a little bit of space for God. He came in. He seizes it. And one of the things that I wrote down in my journal, I said, why are we so embarrassed by how deeply we need God? Hmm. I think humanity is. I think the kind of the human condition is we're we're sort of embarrassed by how needy we are. Right. And oftentimes desperately needy, like how much we need God. Mm -hmm. And, And then here's what I was journaling on was, It's counterintuitive to what I thought. I guess I had this assumption. This is what I was realizing as I was journaling. I guess I had this assumption that as you grow on in the Christian life and as you spend decades with Jesus, you get stronger. I don't know. It's a – and you do get stronger. Yes. But I guess you get less needy. You thought – But actually what I am discovering is you end up needing him more. The progress is not from, oh, desperately needy child, come to me, you know, and I'm going to kind of restore you and heal you and then you're going to be pretty good on your own. Right. Right? (laughs) That's laughable Well, (laughs) I know, I know, I know, but I – think I'm not the only one that kind of has this internal embarrassment, sort of after all these years with Jesus, you're still so, you're more desperate. Right, right. I had a time last week where I was feeling so broken and then so embarrassed by it. My God, I'm broken. And he said, yep, you need me. Oh, okay, good. Yep. So it's not Maybe what I thought it was and maybe what some of our listeners thought it was, that as you grow on in the Christian life, you kind of come to this place of like a strength that's been given by God, healing, restoration. Yep, that's been given by God. But you kind of almost come to a place of sufficiency Mm -hmm. or togetherness or I guess the word is kind of a strength in independence when in fact, here's what we're discovering, that decades into life with Jesus and decades into deep, deep restoration and deep, deep soul work and learning the ways of the kingdom, we need him more now than we ever have. Right. Yes. Okay. 
So he brought me to this passage in John 17, and I want to unpack this a little because this is a very famous passage, and I think many of us have either heard it preached or assumed that it's referring to church unity, okay? I pray for those who will believe in me through their message. He's talking about the original apostles. And so, therefore, all Christians now, those who believe in the message, that all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I think that the impression we've gotten from this passage is, oh, yeah, this is in order for the world to really believe the testimony of Christians, we need to be seen as loving one another. We know, let the church be one. May we be a whole body. But this passage actually has nothing to do with church unity. It's not saying that we would be one with one another. It's saying that we would be one with God. Yes. So listen carefully because we're dismantling something that the enemy has really put over this passage. It's not about being one with one another. It's about being one with God. Okay, so I pray for those who will believe in me through their message that all of them may be one, Father. And then he gives the example. Just as you, Father, are in me and I am in you, Father, may they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. And then he repeats it. He goes on. I have given them the glory that you gave me that they may be one as we are one. So he's using the example of the perfect, intimate. It's more than like a close relationship. It's literally union with Jesus and the Father. Okay, he says, so just as we are, I in them and you in me. Okay, so twice he gives the example. This isn't church unity. This isn't we are one in the bond of love. You know, we used to sing back in the 70s. Okay. That's a good thing, by the way. Church unity is a great thing. That's just not what this passage is about. Mm -hmm. And so Jesus is describing a union that he prays for, that he desires, that he offers us, and it's a union with God just like he has. So he and the Father are one, and we are united into that. And then here's the passage I really began to dig into and look at the Greek and the different translations, etc. He says, I in them and you in me, may they be brought to complete unity, completely one. Mm -hmm. Different translations have it perfectly one or a perfect oneness. So the invitation is to perfect oneness with Jesus because we're desperately needy, because of the human condition. Mm -hmm. Like we're just branches. We're not vines. Right. And I'm embarrassed by how much I need him. But the invitation is, oh, no, 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 no. Come closer. Come into a literal union of being. How beautiful is that? Oh, my gosh. It's been huge. First off, just kind of the revelation of the understanding of it. Like, oh, my goodness. Because twice he says, so that the world may know 
you sent me. Mm. In other words, for us to be able to live out this book, you know, the scriptures, in order for us to live out this witness to the world, we have to be perfectly one with Jesus. We're invited to be perfectly one with Jesus. And he knows that apart from that, it can't be done. See, what's so beautiful is what that's available, that's available, and how we can pray for that, knowing that we're in perfect agreement. Jesus is praying it. We know that that's what God wants. And what is that like? I want that. Huge. And that's what gave me the encouragement. I'm like, wait a second. This is what Jesus is praying for? This is like one of his last prayers for Mm -hmm. us. Okay, so let me get this straight. This is what you want, God? This is what you're offering? This is what you're praying for? Oh, my goodness. And so I spent a good part of my summer praying this, Mm. praying for this, giving my life to Jesus for perfect union. And one of the additional pieces that began to come out of my understanding in this was we're very fragmented people. We are very fragmented beings. When you take a soul and a life that was meant to live in Eden and in the constant presence and love of God, Mm. and you put that soul in this world, Mm -hmm. it experiences a lot of fragmentation, a lot of brokenness, a lot of things happen to that soul, a lot of damage gets done. And that's where we are now. And that's why we feel, you know, oftentimes so just so embarrassed that I'm so broken. Everybody is. But that gets addressed as we come into this perfectly one with Jesus. I'm not describing a life of perfect obedience. I'm not describing a life of perfect discipline in quiet times or in scripture study. I'm not I'm not describing things that we do. He's talking about oneness of being mm. that there's something in the language of evangelical Christianity which is actually in the way of this. We talk about having a relationship with Jesus and do you have a relationship with the Lord? And that's all really good and we do. But this is actually talking about oneness of being, not just that you love him or that you like him, not just that you worship on a regular basis or pray. You know, it's like, Jesus, I give my life to you. I give my very existence. I present it to you to be united with yours and with the Father's. And then the world's going to believe in Christianity. Why? Because then we're going to be doing all the things that Jesus does. Loving, forgiving, healing, rebuking, like whatever's needed. It, mm-hmm. Like, you know, we will actually be little Christ. We will be Christians, right? Because of the, the union. Does that make sense? Oh, it so does. It so does. It's so beautiful. I'm just looking at you all doe-eyed with um, – I was reading my journal from the summer and just rereading a prayer of, let my heart equal your heart. What you love, let me love. What you like, let me like. What you Mm. enjoy, Mm. I want to enjoy. Just union. 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 
And so I think I might have shared this in a previous teaching, and I can't remember if it was on the podcast or at a conference, but I don't get out of bed now until I pray this. When I first wake up, the very first thing I say is, Jesus, in me, live this day. Yes. Like I'm calling upon that union. Yes. I'm reaffirming it. I'm inviting it. I'm opening myself up to it. I'm presenting myself to it. Jesus, in me, live this life. Right. For I've been crucified with Christ, and it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me, lives through me, love through me. All of it. Every moment. I think, I know these are like truisms. Yes. But I think most believers picture their life as a life of somewhat broken faithfulness, mm-hmm. faltering forwards with Jesus sometimes near, sometimes not so near, and we pray up to him. Oh, uh, right. Right. God in the heavens. Yes. Jesus up there somewhere. And not, as he's describing here, a life that's being lived out of a shared being, oneness of existence. I'm being quiet because I just want that to sink in. Like, what? I pray for those who believe the message that all of them may be one father, not with each other, But just as you are in me and I am in you, may they be in us so that the world will believe in Jesus. And then it goes on again. I've given them the glory that you gave me that they may be one as we are one. I in them and you in me. May they be brought to complete unity not church unity. May they be brought to a complete union of being with Jesus and the Father. Perfectly one, totally one, completely one, as different translations have it. May we be completely one in our heart, mind, soul, strength, body, spirit, our existence. And then you can live the Christian life. Yes. Right? But without that, we're disasters. Right. So you know how powerful it is to pray the scriptures. Well, to pray this, I just want to urge everyone listening to pray this, literally just pray this, and you are in complete agreement with Jesus, with the Holy Spirit, with your Father. You're in complete agreement. Pray it. Yeah. It's John 17, and it's down in verses 20 through 23. So there you go, friends. That feels like— That's rich. That feels like enough for today. Man, you live in that for a while. It's just— Like the rest of your life, It's so healing. Like it heals your existence. It heals your being to be reunited to God. Yes. So let's ask for that. Yeah. Jesus, right now, wherever we are, whatever we're doing, I present my existence to you. Body, soul, spirit, I give you my life, my very being, to be just as one with you as you are with the Father. 
I pray that I would be completely one, perfectly one with you. May we be one life, one mind, one heart, one soul, one existence. I give myself to you to know this and to stay in this, to deepen in this. Jesus, completely one, perfectly one in you, in your name. Amen. Amen. You've been listening to the Ransomed Heart podcast with John and Stacy Eldridge this week, and we've been sharing in the last podcast and this one just some lessons from our summer. Thought we'd open our journals up and share a little bit with you from our life with God. Hope it was helpful. We really invite you, if it's been a little while since you've dropped by the Ransomed Heart website, ransomedheart.com, there are some phenomenal things for your heart there. We have Ransomed Heart TV with all sorts of free video, online teaching sessions that we do, and conference talks that have never been published before. And we've got fabulous materials available to you at ransomedheart.com. So come drink. Come play in the, in the Play Store there. Come <laughs> dig for the treasure. 